go to the book of Proverbs, uh, the 18th chapter, and read one passage of Scripture, one verse of Scripture for our text uh, uh, this afternoon. And then we're going to just, uh, we're going to go from there. Hallelujah. And I covet your prayers. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20. This is how it reads. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. With the increase of his lips shall he be filled. From that text, I want to, give, I want to speak to you on a subject title for, for the next few minutes titled, The Power of Spoken Words. The Power of Spoken Words. The last part of that verse, the increase of his lips, he shall be filled. Let's pray. Lord, as we come today, we thank you, God, for this service. We thank you for the anointing and the power of God. You have even spoken to us through the Holy Spirit today, through, uh, through tongues and interpretation. And we, 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 we are so humble, Lord, and we feel so uh, uh, gracious at your presence. But now, Lord, I'm asking that you will speak to us through your word. I'm asking, God, that you will t- uh, anoint me, this, this feeble man, because I know I'm nothing and I cannot do anything without you. Help me, God, to bring forth this word that you have given us today, that hearts and lives can be changed and uplifted and encouraged. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. And you can be seated. Okay, we're going to take off and run it on this. Hallelujah. The power of the spoken words, of spoken words. Words are continuously propelling us through life. They lift us up and they drag us down. Words wound us deeply or words can heal our hearts. Words have the power to break confidences. Amen. Anybody shared a confidence with somebody or had confidence in and it's amazing how, how words can tear it all to pieces. Amen. Words have the power to break confidences. Uh, they, it has the power, they have the power to build lifelong friendships, or they, words can start wars. We have fought wars in the past just simply over words. Words can either make us or break us. There is power in our words. Look at your neighbor and say, there's power in your words. Words have three important uses, according to the book of First Samuel. First of all, words express thought. Secondly, words can conceal thought. Hallelujah. Sometimes I can give you a word. I want, I want to hide something from you, Sister Faye. Words either can express or it can conceal. Amen. And many times, words will even take the place of thought. <laughs> we get that out of Washington a whole lot. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Words can express thought. They can conceal thought. And they can even take the place of thought. Now, I've heard it said a few times in my life by various ones, I've heard it said that it's better 
to remain silent and be thought of as a food and to speak up and remove all doubt. <laughs> well, hallelujah. The words we speak can have a profound effect on the people that they reach. Let me ask you, are you encouraging or discouraging with your words? Are you building up your children, your spouse, your friends, or even the strangers that you pass on the street? Or are you tearing down your own family with words of criticism, bitterness, and judgment? That's something to chew around and swallow on. I'll chew on before we swallow, rather. Are you causing the destruction of your own welfare by speaking ill-suited and negative words over yourself, your health, and prosperity? There is power in our words. And sometimes the dilemmas we face in life is not the blame of God, it's not even the blame of the devil, it's the blame of what we have spoken and created with our words. In the Scriptures, James compares the human tongue to a horse. We have mastered control in this tremendous spirited animal with a small piece of metal. Yet we are far from controlling the words that fall from our lips. In his letter, his epistle, in the third chapter, he says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Think about that for a moment. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. And also able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little far kindleth. Why then do we find it so difficult to refrain from saying words we know will only harm? Whether or not you realize that I've already started preaching. Amen. Controlling what we say, how hard do we really try? How hard do we really try to control the things that we say? Now, what I'm really talking about, church, is a form of self-discipline that we are totally lacking in. Hallelujah. We can jump up and down and preach and shout and holler all we want to and want to run around and judge how holy a, 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 a lady is by, by the length of her hair or her skirts or, or whether or not she wears them or, or this and that and all these other stuff. But I'm gonna, he said if we offend not in word, come on somebody, the same as a perfect man. 
Hallelujah. There's a whole lot more to wholeness than what we can imagine. Attitude has got more to do with it. Hallelujah. So many people walking around with their nose stuck up in the air that every time it rains, they're almost drowned. Glory to God. The power of words. We need to realize how much destruction that can be caused with words. It is easier to harness the power of a wild horse than to rein in your tongue. Mm. Hallelujah. You done quit preaching, Brother Pruitt, and gone to meddling now. I know. It does seem to take, talking about the tongue, it does seem to take on a life of its own. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody said Pentecostal people need a long tongue so they can speak in tongues, but more so than to, to gossip. <laughs> Glory. Our tongue seems to take on a life on its own, bursting out of control at times when our emotions become elevated. Whether we are quickly placing our foot in our mouth or cutting down another driver during rush hour traffic. Hallelujah. Talking about the power of words. We need to understand there is power in our spoken words. And there's no better time than this in the beginning of 2011 to say, Lord, I've been, I've been praying. I want to get closer to you and I want to be holier and I want to be used more by. We all, we all need to learn to watch more what we say. Why do you think God gave us two ears and only one mouth anyway? Because we're supposed to listen twice as much as we speak. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me move on. I want to talk about a couple things in the course of this message about the, the words that we speak. Number one, words reveal something. Words reveal the content of the heart. The words that we speak, the words that we use, what we choose to articulate, how we you uh, decide to communicate things. It's not just something that rolls off the tongue and off, uh, off your lips. But the Scriptures teaches us that words reveal the content of our heart. Luke chapter 6, verse 45, the words of Jesus Himself. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Think about that for a moment. Give that a lot of consideration. As a pastor... It is my desire to have us all as individuals and also as a corporate body to, to come together more in such a way that the Spirit of God, like we had, we had a, a message given out 
in tongues and interpretation. You know, that's something you don't see a whole lot of more so in years gone by than what you see uh, today. Amen. And it's the way that we draw ourselves to God and how we, we control our flesh that God is able to use us this way. And one of the ways that we do that is we need to we need to consider our words and how powerful that they are. Jesus said, "From the abundance of the heart, our mouth speaks." Now it is very common when someone is confronted. I've noticed this, uh, and I've heard it quite a bit. Uh, I may have even. <laughs> I may have even used it myself. Uh, uh, oh me, you know, my mom always said you got to say amen or oh me to everything's preached to you. Hallelujah. It is common when someone is confronted with something that they said to fall back with this old phrase or uh, cliche. Oh, it was just a slip of the tongue. It was just a slip of the tongue. My tongue slipped. Well, let me ask you, where did that slip come from? You ever thought about that? Where did that slip come from? The point is, if it wasn't within, it wouldn't slip out. If I didn't have it down here, it, could, it would be impossible for it to come out here. Don't take it up with me. Take it up with Christ. He said it. Hallelujah. From the abundance of a heart, the mouth speaks. As long as we continue, and listen to me close, as long as we continue to utter words that we should not, we are revealing that there are still things in our hearts that is uncontrolled by the Holy Ghost that we have or have received. Amen. Words reveal. Hallelujah. We are showing people that we come in contact with every day how much of God and how much of the Holy Ghost that we really have. We reveal that not as much sometimes by our clothing or this or that, but, but the words, just, just our plain speech. Amen. We reveal that. You see, speech is merely thoughts we have wrapped into words. And when those words are examined, they either reveal goodness or they reveal evil. Amen. My, bless the quietness. We were shouting a while ago, I thought. Hallelujah. Amen. And Jesus himself included our thoughts in a list of things which defile us and make us unholy. Now, we're going to talk right now what the Bible says. I'm not talking what Pentecostal tradition is, but we're going, to, we're going to say what the Bible is about what holiness is right now. Matthew 15, verses 8 through 20. But those things which proceed out of the mouth came forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These things which defile a man, 
But to eat with unwashed hands defiles not a man. That's what the Pharisees was taking issue was because the disciples of Jesus, if you go back and read the whole context there, they, they sat down and started eating, but they didn't wash their hands. And man, you don't do that because the Jews had all kind of traditions, all kind of washings and all kind of things that they did that seen, that seen righteous before men. Hallelujah. But Jesus says, no. He says, you're, you're not defiled by eating with uh, unwashed hands. And, uh, and, and, and even what, he said, even what goes in you, it don't defile you, but what comes out of you. Hallelujah. The things that comes out of us is what defiles us. The things that come out of us, Brother Darrell, is what makes us unholy, unpure, and unrighteous in God's sight. Mm. Hallelujah. Sometimes when we have a physical illness, we fall into the trap of treating the symptoms rather than the illness, which is really the cause of the symptoms. Amen. I've been guilty of doing that, and sometimes I've seen other people do that. Sometimes people will treat the symptoms that they're having rather than the illness. And it's the illness that they need to treat because if they take care of the illness, then they won't have no more symptoms. Is, is that understandable? Hallelujah. I mean, if, if somebody contracts tuberculosis and they're coughing their head off, they can go down, go down here to the drugstore and buy as many bottles of, of, of Vicks cough uh, syrup that they want to try to control that coughing, but they're still going to wind up dying. Do you understand what I'm saying today? Hallelujah. You're spinning your tires. You're wasting your time when you treat the symptom rather than the illness. Hallelujah. And when we walk around just biting our tongue, we are attempting to control the symptom and not are dealing with the true problem. I don't like I bite my tongue. So-and-so said this, and I had to bite my tongue. Boy, if I didn't bite my tongue, I lost my Holy Ghost. That's another cliche you hear all the time. I've got to bite my tongue. God help me. And sometimes we pray to Jesus and ask Jesus, God help me bite my tongue. That poor tongue. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But you know what? If we just bite our tongue, all we're doing is, is trying to control the symptom. This is a powerful word in itself today, church. Hallelujah. God stirred me deeply when he gave me this. Hallelujah. If we just walk around biting our tongue, we are attempting to control the symptom, but we are not dealing with the true problem. If we dealt with the true problem, we would have to worry about biting our tongue. The power of words is going to eventually slip and will bring unbelievable destruction. You can walk around and try to bite your tongue all you want, but I promise you, sooner or later, amen, that tongue's going to slip. and It's going to let go and it's going to come out. That's how come we've got to treat the problem. And it comes from down in here. It comes from down in here. Hallelujah. 
Let me move on. I'm, I, I could say more on that, but let me get to the second part of this message. Number two, words will come back to haunt you or that they can exonerate you. Words will come back to haunt you or to exonerate you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, ask the guy who said, oh, yeah, I, I smoked marijuana, but I didn't inhale. <laughs> Come back to haunt him. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. Words came back to haunt a while ago when he talked about how he invented the Internet. Hallelujah. Couldn't take care of things going on in Washington because he was over somewhere on the corner trying to invent the Internet so we could all get on Facebook. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've had my words come back to haunt me. Am I the only one in that boat? No, I don't think so. Words will come back to haunt you. Or they can exonerate you. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, 37. We're still talking on what Jesus is saying here. This is His teachings. He said, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words shall thy be condemned. Hmm. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not going to condemn you. Your brother or sister sitting beside you is not going to condemn you. Hallelujah. We're going to condemn our own self through our words. They can either haunt us or they can exonerate us. Now, our words, this is kind of the way that I like to kind of describe it. Our words are like seeds that we plant which will sprout and produce. What will it produce? It's going to produce the nature of the seed. Amen? When you plant seed, I, I try to uh, uh, um, raise a little garden. We've got, we got several gardeners that are here today, and you know all about, uh, about that, and I, I enjoy and piddling with gardens and all that. And the seed that you plant, what it's going to produce is according to the nature that's inside that seed that you put in the ground. Hallelujah. And our words are like seeds. Now, I want to go back to our very opening text as we're coming down to the close of our message in Proverbs 18 and 20. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Now, I dug in a little bit uh, and, and got some etymology to the word increase there. And the phrase increase of his lips means the produce or the harvest. That's the simplest terms that I could bring it out according to what I found out. It means the increase, it, uh, it, uh, uh, it means the produce of harvest. In other words, whatever your mouth produces is what you will be filled with. 
said that a man's belly shall a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. If your words are like seeds, then whatever it is you plant with your words is exactly what, what kind of crop you're going to harvest and you're going to have to deal with. Now, my Lord, God help us. Hallelujah. Many times we reap a harvest from words we planted 20 years ago, and we're reaping the harvest of it, Brother Meek, and we, we don't forgot that we said them. Hallelujah. I can go out there. I can plant seed. And sometimes, uh, Darling's dad, he's the one who taught me about all that stuff. And um, I, I, was, I was a city slicker when Sister Darling and I got married. And I didn't, uh, you know, I was, I, I was, I, I came from Flat Rock. And maybe you need a translation. And I was born and bred in Woodbine area. And, uh, you know, I didn't know nothing about all this stuff. <laughs> and uh, first time I get out there and try to plant a row, and that thing, that, that row come up. One day I walked out there, and uh, we shared a, we shared a, a place uh, next door to uh, uh, um, my father-in-law. And uh, he had went about seven acres down there, and we, we were out there planting stuff. And, man, I was getting out there, man, I was just getting it. <laughs> And uh, that corn come up a little bit later. I walked out there and I, I heard somebody. I heard somebody giggling and laughing. And I walked out to see what. I to see what's going on. It was my dad in law, and he was just laughing. I said, "What's the matter?" <laughs> he said, "Man, you can't pr- plant straight, can you? Look down that row of corn if you're doing this." <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. What. <laughs> he, he said. He says, "I'm moving." I said, "Why?" He says, "Because I don't want people driving by here laughing at me." <laughs> I don't, Glory to God. But there were times that I'd be planting something and uh, uh, going down through there. And then later on, when things begin to come up, here would be the roll. And, and right over here, out of the roll, somewhere over here and over there, was seed that I'd scattered and got, got them scattered out of the roll. And, and they were coming up. And they, they were came up. Well, I, I done forgot about that. But it don't make no difference if I forgot about it or not. They were planted and they're still going to come up whether it was in the row or not. And sometimes we speak words and we forget about those words we speak. We forget about the word, our own words that we speak, and then we start reaping a bad harvest and things start going bad. We don't forget about those words. So then we're going to say, Bless God, I'm going to have to find another church. That Pastor Pruitt, he just ain't no good. If he was even good, I wouldn't be having all this problem I'm having. I might not even been your pastor when you said those words. Hello, somebody. Glory to God. They are like seeds, and they will produce. Hallelujah. And and I was reading something, and, and I, I like to read... A lot of the science stuff and and some of those things really and, and and a few years back I remember reading about speech 
uh, and, and words and uh, how, you know, we pick up sound from my ears and it's actually uh, the sounds that come out. There are sound waves um, in the air that we can't see, we can't, you know, realize that they're there. And actually how you hear, you know, is, bec- is because those, those waves get down into, into your ear and there's a vibrating beginning to take place and it picks up and you, and you pick up that sound because of that. And I was reading an article that one of the scientists talking about, and he said this. He said, the words that we speak, and once they leave our mouth, he says, they continue to travel. They don't never stop. Even though when they go, uh, they go through my ear, and with the way some preachers feel, sometimes they go in one ear and out the other, But those words continue to travel as sound waves. And they've got devices today that they can pick up sound waves of things that's gone on a long time ago. This guy said if the world's long enough, we might be able to pick up some of the speech through the machines that they're developing and through this technology um, that we could actually pick up and hear sounds from people who words that people actually spoke years ago. Because words, the sound waves continue to travel, continue. That's, that's according to this article that I read. Whew. My, my, my. It gives me chills to wonder what's chasing me behind me. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Lord God, I'm going to have to get right now, brothers, because I sure don't want them things to wind up a judgment. Amen. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Lord God, I didn't say that. Well, we got a date and a time, and right here it is. Glory to God! I mean, that, I mean that's 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 some powerful stuff to uh, to think about. Hallelujah! Amen. I've got I've got to go. He said that every idle word we speak, we will be accountable for. We're going to be accountable for every idle word. What is an idle word? What is an idle word? We're gonna, if it's something I'm gonna be accountable for, we need to, um, we ought to be concerned about what in the world an idle word is. Now, all of you uh, car enthusiasts out there, don't don't start thinking about getting out there and starting your car and letting your car idle. Because if you do that, you're gonna miss what Jesus was saying. This don't mean idle like a car idling. But when you go down and you look and, and you study, study out that, and as I was going through some other translations, I just I got one here, uh, Matthew 12 and 36. I want to read you, read you in another translation. It's called the God's Word translation, which is a good translation to use as a, as a study guide. And, uh, and, and this is how it says. Now, remember what, uh, how I read Jesus said, but I say unto you that every idle word that men speak, they shall give account thereof on the day of judgment. Reading that again in God's words translation, this is how it says, I can guarantee that on judgment day, people will have to give account for every careless word they say. That's what an idle word is. It's a careless word. How many times have we spoken carelessly? Hallelujah. 
Jesus says we're going to have to give account of careless words. Now, I didn't mean to kill the spirit of the service today, my Lord, but hallelujah. I can guarantee that on Judgment Day, people will have to give account of every careless word that they say. Um, when you put into account all we have said concerning the power of our spoken word, we would do good to follow the Apostle Paul's admonition. And this is the last scripture that I'm going to take you to, then I'm going to close. Putting everything together that I've said and I've given you this afternoon, Apostle Paul made a statement to the uh, church, Colossae, that we, we need to take, pay close attention to. Col- Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6. This is what he said, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. Church, there's power in the spoken word. The words that you speak, you can speak forth life or death in your situation. Hallelujah. One of the most terrible things a parent can ever say to a child out of anger, and that's or get upset about something, which usually will come. But one of the most destructive things that any parent can say to a child, kid, what are you doing that for? You ain't going to never amount to nothing. Since too many children have heard that to the point they believe that. And when they believe that, oh God, hallelujah, there's power in our words. When my children came home with a bad grade on a report card, I didn't tell them you ain't going to never amount to nothing. Listen, this here shows how stupid you are. A child does not need to be growing up with a complex like that. But I'd pull them off the side of the big and say, I said, you know what? I'm your daddy, and I know you can do better. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that my Heavenly Father, every time that I flub it up and every time that I mess it up, he don't come down, brother, from heaven, amen, and shake me by the arm and tell me how stupid and dumb and ignorant I am. But God says, oh, I know you. Hallelujah. I put my spirit in you. I know you can do better. I know you can do better. And he speaks out of love and not anger. He speaks out of love and not hate. And that's how we should do it with his children. Oh, God, let's everybody stand together. Come on, let's clap our hands into the Lord right now. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. We're going to go back and sing a verse and a chorus 
of a real old song. While I'm singing, there might be somebody through the course of this message that you realize that you got to start putting a better control on your words. And, and be careful how you speak if you need to speak good things and not bad things, to speak positive things and not negative things. Some has already come down. You want to come and ask God to help you with this. Amen. And let's just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Search me, O oh God. 